0: 9697's a year that that makes zero sense. What was it? The English Patient beat out Fargo, Jerry Maguire and Shine. <laughs> <laughs> the English Patient was just awful. Like if there's a worse movie I I don't know. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Two Woke Nerds podcast. Thank you so much for listening in again this week. And it would mean a lot to us if you left us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find this. Share it with your friends, share it with your coworkers, your family, somebody you know loves nerd news. Well, my name is Gerald Goodrich. I am your host this week, like I am every week, and I am joined by my good friend, a man who is still trying to figure out what mudbound is, Raymond Summerlin. Ray, how are you doing, bud? I
1: just. I know every movie that comes out because I play, as I've mentioned on the show, and you should all come and join and play the Fantasy Movie League, fantasymovieleague.com. No affiliation with it. I just think it's super fun, and it's what I do all spring and summer when I don't have to watch football. But I know like every movie that comes out, and then this movie shows up in Oscar noms. It's got Mary J. Blige, the dancerie herself. It has her in this movie. I'm so confused that I've never seen it before. I mean, you've been on
0: Netflix for a while because uh, you've only been yeah. watching football. So. That's right. Net- Netflix produced, which I think is pretty cool that a Netflix-produced film is getting. You've got a Netflix and an Amazon film actually getting some Oscar nominations.
1: Yeah, but Amazon won a lot last year. For so sure. So Netflix is just kind of catching yeah. up, I guess.
0: Shout out to The Big Sick. One of my favorite films of last year, I think. Uh, so yeah, Oscar nominations came out this morning at the time of recording. And I guess the big news out of that is that The Shape of Water, a genre film, what up, got the most nominations out of any film, 13. And it did so kind of by um, by cleaning up in the normal genre film areas, costume design, sound mix, visual effects, all that stuff. But then they were like, oh, this is actually a good movie. So Best Picture, Best Director for Guillermo del Toro, which I've been saying that man needs to get a nomination since Pan's Labyrinth. So just we'll call it we'll leave it there uh, but picked up 13 nominations get out also which is I guess technically a genre film because it's classified as a horror movie in some circles so that also got a nomination for best Picture Ray what did you what did you think were the biggest surprises to you of this this Oscar nomination season
1: well I don't know if they were surprises I actually think they they mostly got it right based on the movies I've seen I still haven't seen Shape of water. Uh, I was actually going to see it on Tuesday, the day we record, but the times didn't work out. I ended up seeing the post anyway, which it's fine. You know, whatever it's, it's Streep and Hanks and that's always, they're always going to give you at least a B and this was probably a little bit better than that, but you know, what are you going to do? But I, I know Shape of Water is expanding this week, so I know I to get another shot at it. I'm definitely going to watch it. I've been wanting to watch it and just haven't, you know, haven't had the time to see it. But yeah, I don't, I don't really think of anything. I think that I think that Logan could have gotten. I know it got the screenplay, the best adapted screenplay. I think it probably should have got a best picture. Maybe Baby Driver, although there's now you know sp- spacey concerns with Baby Driver, but maybe yeah. Baby Driver could have gotten a best picture uh, nomination. You know they did have another spot. They only they only nominated nine, as I. As I see here, so they had another spot that they could have given for another nomination. So maybe those, but that's at the fringe. Those movies are never going to win anyway. So it's it's kind of it's kind of out there. The real question for me is, do they have the guts? Does this notoriously does notoriously conservative group of group of voters do they do they have the guts to to vote for Get Out? I
0: don't know. I I don't think so. Although it would be. With the socio and political situation, uh, a lot of times they do kind of make a statement with the best picture. You know, last year, Moonlight had a lot to say. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw maybe Ladybird Bird, uh, when it kind of out of left field, based upon, you know, the Me Too movement and those, those types of things at times, that movement, you know, a, a female helmed, female led film would be very topical. And you see those things uh, happen again. I I would love to see Get Out win. I think the fact that Get Out is dominated in for acting, directing and best picture, kind of what the big three of, of Oscar season. I think that's awesome. And again, like I said, off the top, the fact that The Shape of Water, a genre film from one of my favorite directors, like I have, I will not hide the fact that I'm a Del Toro fanboy. Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy. I haven't seen Crimson Peak because I heard it wasn't that good, but I'm still going to see it at some point. It's just not on the list. It hit right about the time I was having a kid. So, you know, that just kind of happened. Uh, but it, it just, it feels like a year where, they're giving they're giving us the nominations that we want as as kind of people that like the non traditional films, but it just until they make the call and give it to one of these non traditional films, I'm going to assume it's going to be the film with Daniel Day Lewis or the film with Tom Hanks or you know the film about some historical thing with an actor that's doing an accent. You know, I just I just assume that's going to happen until it doesn't.
1: No, I think that I think it'll be also interesting to see if Three Billboards win. There's a lot of problems there. I just. I just this is gonna be the post, isn't it? Like it just, it's it's got Streep, it's got Hanks, it's
0: it's got something important to say. It doesn't really. <laughs> they they think it's got something important to say.
1: Not not that not that hasn't been said in in many other movies previously. Uh, with the same, by the way, with the same historical figures. <laughs> True. I guess you don't see K. Graham in uh, in all the Presidents Men,
0: but. <laughs> But like she's on the phone at least. Yeah. I think the other thing that we have to mention, as as two big fans of the film, the fact that Blade Runner twenty forty nine only got kind of one nomination in the prestige category. Yeah. You know, it got the visual effects, it got the um, you know, the soundtrack because of Displot. It's got the production design, you know, all those normal sci fi genre y things. But the only prestige category it got nominated, in after being a really highly celebrated film, is cinematography. Which I think hands down, it's one of the prettiest films I've ever seen in my entire life. But yeah. no directing, no, you know, or adapted or original screenplay. It wasn't gonna get an acting thing. But you know, the fact that it's not up for best director, it seems a little bit of an oversight on my part.
1: I'd agree. I'd wonder I don't know, you always think about you always think about like when it came out, like that hurts. But then you go look at the other directors. We're talking about Get Out, which came out almost a year ago yeah. now. And you look at it Dunkirk, which came out around the same time. So I guess not. I don't know. I don't think that people, I know that it was critically acclaimed. I don't think that people really appreciated that movie as much as we did. And so it didn't really strike me as, it didn't really strike me as strange, I guess.
0: It just, this feels like a year where you look back and like, how did that movie not get, not get nominated? It just, it feels like that, but you never know. We'll see, we'll see how it shakes out. The Oscars are coming up in a few weeks and we'll obviously do some reaction to that, especially if Shape of Water wins or Get Out wins, we'll do a lot of reaction to that. (laughs) We may do a full show because we haven't actually done a show about either of those films.
1: Oh, and by the way, and by the way, um, just if you haven't watched Get Out or Logan, by the way. Both of them on HBO right now. Yes. So I'd, I'd recommend
0: both those movies on there. Logan, we didn't really mention Logan. Logan got nominated for Best Adapted yep. Screenplay adapting yep. Old Man Logan, which I think is great. Maybe You've got an extra spot. Like you said, throw it in that Best Picture spot.
1: I, that was the thing. Is that was the one that I was like... Because that movie was one of the best movies I saw last year. It wasn't... I don't think it was the best movie, but it was certainly one of the best movies I saw last year. And if you have that extra spot, like why have 10 spots and, and not use them, I suppose? I think that Logan deserved a... Deserved, a, I think it deserved a spot, but yeah, whatever. Best adapted screenplay—that's still a step, right?
0: It is. It's still a step. And the fact again, Shape of Water, thirteen nominations. Let's let's do this. Let's continue to show the world that genre films can be good. And yep. Shape of Water, come on with it. So today, after our lengthy Oscar discussion, we didn't plan on it, it being that long, but it kind of just happened. Uh, we're gonna talk. We had a featurette and a full length trailer come out this week. One for Ready Player One, a movie that we are. I'm continuing to warm on. I started very cold, and the more I see of this, I get more and more, uh, more and more excited. And then we got a full story trailer for Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider video game adaptation. So we'll talk that, and then obviously we'll close the show. With some don't sleep. So Ray, this week, a couple days ago, uh, Ready Player One released a featurette, and you see a lot of these blockbustery movies do this, where they go behind the scenes and they interview the director and the writer, and you know they'll have, sometimes have stars in it. So we got a featurette called "See the Future" about Ready Player One, and it gave us a little bit of extra footage that we hadn't seen before, uh, some interesting views. So Ray, what did you think uh, about? this See the Future featurette, and what did it show you about Ready Player One that maybe you hadn't seen before?
1: The first thing you notice, like, right off the bat, is that Steven Spielberg, like, this almost seems like a passion project for him, like, that he was was really in love with this world, which I would like you, because I did not read the book. I know the basic premise of it, uh, just from a pop culture reference, but I did not read the book. So I would like you to explain why him directing this is essentially Inception. Like, the fact that he's directing the movie version of this it's it's fascinating, right?
0: It's a book that is built on referencing, you know, 80s pop culture and if you 80s pop culture and Steven Spielberg are inextricably tied. Like Steven yeah. Spielberg is 80s pop culture, so it's it's all 80s pop culture references. It's all. It's a lot heavier on the video game side in the book, but there are references to you know Back to the Future, which isn't Spielberg but feels very Spielbergian if I yeah. can use that term. Uh, and they reference Indiana Jones and they, they reference Jaws. Like that is what Ernie Klein does. And if you've read his other book Armada, which isn't quite as good as Ready Player One, but still pretty good, that's what he does. Honestly. Armada references more Spielberg because it's like Last Starfighter those types of things. But that's that's a rabbit trail oh, we can go down. Last um, Starfighter, Last Starfighter is real good. It's basically Last Starfighter. It's it, I loved it. I loved it. But no, so that's why it's really Inceptiony. And hearing Steven Spielberg talk about directing a movie that is based that's kind of based on his works was a little weird for me. But he sounded very referential to the to the source material, like you said.
1: And I like that's the thing. The big thing that I take out of everything I've seen. The reason that, and I talked, I think I mentioned this last week when we did the spring preview, is that I was, the second trailer really warmed me to it because it showed that there was going to be something there. Like there was going to be, there was going to be something to say, which which I'm excited about. But the other thing I'm excited about is that I'm just going to love all the all of the pop culture references. We saw the Battletoads, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Battletoads is, like that... That's deep, like that's that's deep into video game lore, and yeah. so I like I'm I'm so excited about that. Artemis was the first time you meet the actual character. I don't even I don't remember what the actual character's name is, but the first time you meet Artemis in real life, she's wearing a Joy Division T-shirt, which mm-hmm. I, I'm all about. That like it's just I don't know. I I'm gonna absolutely love the pop culture references. I, I already can tell.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a a. Uh, there's going to be a lot of YouTube videos. That are like, here are all of the pop culture references <laughs> in this one scene, and it's going to be a 12 minute video of 90 seconds of film uh, as he walks into the Oasis. But the thing that, when you said, you know, it has something to say, something that I really kind of honed in on in the Spielberg interview was he said, you know, virtual reality is like a super drug. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like that is kind of what the book is trying to say is like we get so concerned with. This kind of inner space that we have, uh, that we lose sight of the world around us and what's actually big and more important. So that's that's going to be an interesting subtext that I think he's going to drag through. And the other thing that I really like is that they had an interview with Ernie Klein, the director. It seems like he's been highly involved in conversations with Spielberg and Zach Penn, who wrote it. So I really think uh, – know like like i said before i saw the first trailer and i was not i was like that's gonna suck and it's it's just gonna flop whatever and the more i see about it the more i really think you know what this this actually has a shot to be something good it's not gonna get nominated for an oscar i guarantee that it may be probably visual effects but i do think it's gonna be a good fun movie that's gonna make a lot of money
1: yeah i think that when i watched the first trailer i thought it was gonna be like a michael bay movie like it really made it seem like that and since then i've it made it more seem like it's going to be a lot more like Blade Runner just for since we just talked about it like it's going to be it's going to be something that's going to be pretty it's going to have the big special effects and that's all going to be you know great and everybody's going to love it but it's actually going to there's going to be something there I like the idea of the virtual world as a drug I think that that's an interesting idea especially I mean right now what's going on with there's become like for some reason in the in the past week, there's been this big thing about talking about social media and how harmful social media is the fact that we are all engaged in it and how much time we spend in social media, which in, in many ways is the exact same thing as going into the Oasis, not visually, but it's the exact same thing. And so this idea that this idea that it's harmful to us and in, in the way that we interact with the world is interesting, right? Because this is something we're going to have to start to deal with. But then again, you know, you say it's, it's less – his kind of point is it's less important than the real world. Well, why is it less important than the real world? I don't necessarily agree with that. It's less important than the real world. Like, if, you're, if your second life – exactly, and I mean your actual second life. I don't know if people play that anymore. Do people play that still? I don't think second life anyway, is still a thing. Whatever. But if your, second life is, if your second life is where all your friends are and where all your hangouts are, like, what is – who cares, right? That's still you interacting with the world. So I just – I don't know. It's it's an interesting idea, and I'm 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 interested to see like kind of how they
0: attack it. You know, it's it's a book that was written almost like not, eight years ago, seven eight years ago, um, that kind of foretold where we're at in society. So I think it's it's really cool. I'm excited to see it. Uh, hopefully, I can convince my wife to go see that one with me. It'll be it'll be fun. It's gonna be it, and it's gonna be a good time. I think when push comes to shove, it's gonna be a good time. It's it's a it's a kind of a, a heisty rompy kind of story, which. You know what? It's going to be fun, and I'm going to have a good time with it, and I can't really do much about that. Uh, So we'll we'll move on to Tomb Raider, a
1: movie we are both much less
0: excited about seeing. Yeah. So we got a trailer, (laughs) a full length story trailer for Tomb Raider, starring Alicia Vikander, who Oscar winning Alicia Alicia Vikander. Um, So we got a story trailer. It seems to echo a lot of what the recent you know, Tomb Raider video game reboot did, you know, kind of reframing Lara Croft as a powerful empowered, uh, more athletic less uh, weirdly proportioned character um, you know, she's a young girl trying to discover who she is and her past and all that, and I've, I'll i reserve my judgment for just a second if you can't tell by the tone of my voice, but Ray what did you think after two and a half minutes of trailer for, for Tomb Raider, what did you think?
1: More than just a rote action movie. They've decided to go for the worst of all video game and superhero ideas, and they've decided to create an origin story. Yay! (laughs) That's always amazing. You know what we love? Origin stories for characters that have been with us for two decades. (laughs) Like... Why are you writing us origin stories? Who doesn't know who Laura Croft is? Like, what are you talking, who didn't see the Angie Jolie, Angelina Jolie has played this character. If Angelina (laughs) Jolie has played a character, you don't need an origin story for the character. It's just, it's going to be bad. And like, I know that they're going to be, there's going to be so many moments in it where they like wink, wink, like they did in the Assassin's Creed movie where they wink, wink at the the gamers in the audience. Like, look at all, like they showed the pickaxe Fifty times in that in that trailer, like yeah. every pickaxe scene that is in the movie was in that trailer. I think, like, hey everybody, look at us. We we've played the games too. Like, it's just, it's it's gonna be so bad. I I am not at all. I might not. I really might not see it.
0: It to me feels like they took something that could be a really cool idea, which. I'm I'm really I'm a big fan of the like apoc- apocalypse now heart of darkness situation yeah. that you get early in that trailer from Walton Goggins like yep. Walton Goggins was was kind of channeling Brando and he was like your father put me on this island like I, I kind of I was like oh okay that's not so bad but then you know later on in the trailer he screams open the tomb which <laughs> haha we said it, it's a tomb tomb Raider haha you heard it we said it haha it, it's just
1: uh, I don't know. What are they
0: doing? Like, what? what is even the point? Uh, you know, people were asking before this trailer came out, you know, is Tomb Raider going to be the thing that reverses the video game movie no. curse? No.
1: The best video game movie ever made was not a video game movie. Is Edge of Tomorrow.
0: Edge of Tomorrow is very clearly the best video game movie ever made.
1: Which is hilarious. It's because they didn't have to wink and nod at not of the video game. In the trailer, when she's leaving the boat and the thing falls over and she can't go into that room. Like, that's obviously what happens in every video game since, since Medal of Honor Pacific, the Pacific. Remember that? we mm-hmm. had to escape from the boat in Pearl Harbor? Since that, that's happened in literally every video game. Like, every first-person shooter, right? But, but like, we don't, we don't need to see it in a – like, it's ridiculous in a movie. It makes sense in a video game because they have to keep you on a path. It's dumb. And, like, what are you doing? Like, why –
0: I don't hey, get it. Use that pickaxe and break into the room. <laughs> that pickaxe that you showed us nine times? Do that. Is it an ice pick or a pickaxe? I've never. I think it's a pickaxe, right? It's got. It's a pickaxe for sure. I wonder if they're going to make her upgrade her pickaxe throughout the <laughs> throughout the movie. Like they she's going to have to find crafting materials. She's going to have to find crap, broken broken barrels. And could she
1: upgrade? Can she upgrade her bow and arrow as well?
0: I'd love to see that. I'd <laughs> really. I would just. If you're going to do a video game, just let's do a video game. Yeah,
1: like if if that's your idea, just do it. Just go for it. Do it.
0: Side note, I hope they don't go as heavily into the terrible things happen to a teenage girl route as the game did. Because I had to stop playing the game for a few weeks because it got real bad, yeah. real bad, real fast. I was like, oh, I, I feel uncomfortable right now. This is pretty terrible. So I hope they don't lean – There, there's no way they can lean yeah. as far into that in a film as they did in the video game. But it, it – it remains to be seen whether or not this movie is even worth the price of admission. So we'll see what the early reviews are. I bet it's going to be something that I catch on Netflix or Amazon or whatever.
1: Well, to be fair, I have Movie Pass, and it's the spring, so I will probably see it in the theater, but not not happily. Let me say.
0: <laughs> I mean, you 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 pay for one movie at one movie a month, you ten bucks, and you go to one movie a day, like you yeah, see exactly. everything. You it's, might as well see everything because you exactly, paid for it already. Exactly. Same and reason if,
1: I'll see Phantom Thread and I'll leave feeling terrible about myself.
0: Yeah. That's, that, Phantom Thread is not really in the wheelhouse of what we talk about, but like we said before <laughs> the show, Phantom Thread is a movie that I'll watch, watch once just to say I did it and then never watch it again. <laughs> just Nope. Like most Daniel Day-Lewis movies, just,
1: nah, I'm good. Except which one you said before?
0: Gangs of New York. Oh, it's amazing. It's such a good movie. It doesn't help that both of us are history buffs, but whatever. Gangs of New York is phenomenal. So it's that time of the week again where we do your favorite thing, your favorite segment, my favorite segment, your grandmother's favorite segment. Don't sleep on it. So Ray, what can the good folks not sleep on this week? Kind of a nice segue. Kind of a nice little, a nice little dovetail
1: here. Peaky Blinders. Uh huh. Season four of Peaky Blinders dropped in December. I obviously did not get to watch it then. I'm just now getting to it because of you know because of football. Happy to say it's still great. If you've never, if you've never watched any of it, it's about a gangster family in post-World War I, Birmingham, England. The cast is fantastic, especially Cillian Murphy. He plays kind of like the leader of the family. Helen McCory is a patriarch early in the run. It had Sam Neill in it. Tom Hardy shows up every now and again in this season, season four, Adrian Brody shows up. It's really an all-star cast. It's a good show and there are only 6 episodes per season so it's not like a arduous task to to catch up i i think it's it's one of my favorite netflix shows and the fact that they came back I, there's a season 5 coming uh yeah I, I, it's excellent and i uh, i'd recommend it highly
0: i started watching peaky blinders and then i had a kid and so every everything just takes a takes a side when you have a kid cuz you basically have enough energy to, to keep yourself and the child alive for the first few months. And now I'm at a point where he's, like, sleeping and stuff. So we'll be able to actually, like, catch up on all these shows I missed in the last year. Uh, so my Don't Sleep this week. Uh, so I talked last week about uh, Altered Carbon. I had to punt on Altered Carbon because it just – it got it got to be a little much deeper in the book. Um, it just it, – no, It got it just, weird. It got weird. That is the best way to say it. it <laughs> got weird. So I uh, I was looking for another book to read and somebody recommended to me a book called Manhunt and it is about the search for John Wilkes Booth.
1: Okay. I thought that this was going to be like a really bad like Patterson novel. <laughs> no. It <laughs> that, like sounds, he randomly it, shows up in a commercial.
0: Yeah, it totally sounds like. It. No, so <laughs> it's about uh it's about the the day leading up to the Lincoln assassination and then the manhunt after the Lincoln assassination, you know. Uh, and it's really, really interesting. Uh, if you're a history fam, it goes into kind of the... The random series of events almost that led to the Lincoln assassination. You know uh, how John Wilkes Booth honestly hadn't planned to uh, to do anything until he found out that Abraham Lincoln was going to be at the theater that he happened to be an actor at. So it's just just really interesting. Uh, I, the the thing that boggles my mind when I read any of these historical type of books is how much research had to go into it because he's got like letters from people who who. Uh, who hid book, John Wilkes Booth overnight once. He's got letters from those people. So it's just a really interesting read if you're into history. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I'm reading I'm listening to the audiobook cuz I'm a huge audiobook guy. So I'm listening to the audiobook right now and it's good. And just that weird thing from the 90s where like every you know time it shifts to a new uh, track. It has all, like a weird music bump, but whatever, that's fine. You can deal with it. Uh, so my don't sleep this week is a book called Manhunt. It's about the search for John Wilkes Booth. So, guys, that is all we have for you this week. Uh, if you like what we do, again, it would mean a ton. If you left us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, you can find the show. Subscribe on Stitcher or uh, or Google Play. Share this with your friends or coworkers, whoever you know likes Nerd News. Ray, where can the good folks find you on the Internet now that you're not primarily talking about football?
1: I'm on Twitter, at R M Summerlin.
0: Find me there. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at G H Goodrich. Find the show on on Twitter at Nerds, and feel free to shoot us an email TwoWokeNerdsPod at gmail.com Thank you so much for listening in again this weekend. Until next time, stay woke. Stay woke.